Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Welcome to this two-part episode of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Today, she is at Castello di Volpaia, in the heart of Tuscany. Stevie Kim sits down with Giovanella Stianti Mascheroni and her daughter Federica Mascheroni Stianti to talk about their epic estate, their amazing labels, and of course the history of this iconic family. And remember, if you would like to watch some footage of the castle and the interview, just head to our sister channel on YouTube, Mama Jumbo Shrimp. My name's Stevie Kim. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast, On the Road Edition. And today we are in Chianti. Today, our special guest, Giovanella Stianti Mascheroni. Is correct. that correct? Correct. And um, her bodyguard, Federica Stianti Mascheroni. Is that no? Or is it is it just mascheroni? No, yes, it's mascheroni stianti. Mascheroni stianti. Why? Why is that? Tell us why. Why that is? It's. I was supposed to have only the surname of my father, right. that is mascheroni, mm-hmm. but the surname of my mother was disappearing, and so he decided a long time ago when it was not a fashion. Now it's much more a fashion to have both uh, the two surnames. Uh, so my brother and I, we have uh, mascheroni and stianti together. Fantastic. Alrighty, so Giovanella is one of my favorite wine people. I've met both of them at the uh, first edition of Opera Wine. Correct. And um, this is our really official first visit here. I know we were supposed to come here many, many times, but um, my my husband was here actually. Nobody thinks I have a family. I have one (laughs) husband, two children, two dogs, but um, he came here and he absolutely fell in love with this place. Now I understand why. So, Giovanella, why don't you tell us where we are? Well, that's something that uh, my husband, that is being always the soul of Volpaia, that's where the prison may be of the castle. But he decided to move to change uh, this uh, room, uh, because it's a room, uh, into our storage for old vintages. Did you say this was a prison? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> because in a castle, you should have a prison, you oh, should okay. have a church, you must have a cemetery inside, you have everything. Oh, so this was a bona fide prison? Oh. We suppose. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Una bonifica. Okay, all right. So, you know, for, for the audience out there who have never um, been to Volpaia, Castello di Volpaia, can you tell us exactly where it's located? Well, we are, I mean, starting from very large, we are in Europe, we are in Italy, we are in the We're center Earth, of Italy, and we are in Tas, <laughs> exactly, but when you go in Asia, you have to start this way, because right, they right, don't right. really have very much. But I'm actually not Asian. I, just I know, <laughs> you're not. Yeah, I know. And we are in Tuscany, and everybody's in the heart of the Chianti Classic. But really, if you take the distance between the, the border of the Chianti Classico 
Volpaia is very much in the, in the center, not of Tuscany, but of the Chianti Classico area. Chianti Classico area is just delimited by very old uh, law of Granducato di Toscana, where already decided that we are talking about the 15th century, where, uh, which was this area. The problem today is uh, that Chianti, because the area name is Chianti, but in Chianti, we don't produce Chianti. We produce Chianti Classico. So that's how, does, how does that work? I don't understand. Uh, because of a different change and laws. So to be different from Chianti, now the wine name is Chianti Classico because the, the wine the Chianti, area, right? exactly. The wine Chianti is not producing Chianti, which is nonsense, but geographically is not in Chianti. And you cannot talk about, I mean, something that is produced out of a Chianti area that is a product of Tuscany, yes, but not of Chianti. So, you know, we were driving up here and from the main road. Yes. It, where there's the signage that says Castello di Volpaia. Yes. It's like three and a half kilometers. Yes. So how, what is the extension of uh, Castello di Volpaia exactly? How, how big is it? Just to so we, idea. I mean, uh, the, the total lectures of Volpaia is 390, not a vineyard, luckily, but is uh, woods, olive trees, and vineyards. We have something less than 50 hectares of vineyards, mm -hmm. 12 of olive trees. All the rest is money to spend in woods. But really, that's the reason why my father bought this place, because he was a hunter and he wanted a hunting reserve. So we started from a different approach and then we became winemaker. So your, your father is the person who Both. purchased this yes. area, this estate, right? Exactly. But he was really interested in hunting, not wine. Absolutely, absolutely. So when did the wine start? The wine was already here. Mm -hmm. So the only idea is to produce in a better wine the wine. And I think a good uh, part of the, of the fact that we have been successful, I, I think I can say, is that my father was not an agriculture, he was an industrial. Mm -hmm. So he immediately make accounts uh, and he decided he couldn't lose money because uh, industry must make money, otherwise you close. Right. But in agriculture, you cannot turn off the, the vineyard. Uh, they start giving you grapes and wines and products. So the only way was to invest uh, in order to have a good, uh, I mean, uh, opportunity to have a, a good economy in the wine industry. So it had to be economically exactly. viable. Right, because exactly. your your dad was an entrepreneur. Exactly. Okay. So, so when did when did the winemaking start with your family? Immediately, because as I told you, the grapes. And it was were in nineteen sixty-six. We bought, but then we started in nineteen sixty-eight. Really, because the first two vintages we were not really involved. And at the beginning, we were selling part of our wine. The worst part, of course in bulk, in order to concentrate in the best grapes and the best wines. And then immediately we started to export the wine, over, moreover, selling in Italy. And then export now has become very, very important for us, thanks also to the help of Federica that is traveling all over the world. Have you stopped traveling? 
I stopped. They decided I should retire. Oh, okay. They can't. They can't stand me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Objection! <laughs> Objection! Yeah, uh, as always, so like in mother and a daughter that speaks together, obviously the daughter has a no different perspective. perspective. Yes, yes, a different perspective. Yes. Okay. She decided to to take care much more about uh, the in uh, in Volpaia work uh, than uh, the export. So, so let's talk about the wines. I know you have other estates. You have wines coming from Marema and, of course, Pantelleria, correct? Yes, but um, today we'll focus on Volpaia as we are here. So tell me how many labels and the different types of wine that we have. Well, I don't know really numbers, but we should have, uh, that's five, cinque, uh, six, something like Ten, nine, I don't know how many labels, I don't mind. I know that I have to sell and produce all of them, but I don't know. It's a good labels. thing she's not going out and trying to sell your yes. wines now, that but she's she doesn't here. know. She doesn't know e either. I was counting breaking, down here. Breaking news, breaking news. Okay, so let's talk about the wines that we've gathered today. There are five bottles I see. Tell us about these five wines. So let's start from the first label, that is the Chianti Classico, which that's is... That's your flagship wine, exactly. right? Exactly. I mean, Chianti. this is what Chianti Classico, Castello di Volpaia, this yes. is what puts you on the map. And on the, on the label, there is the, everything that is Volpaia. So there is the crest of the family de della Volpaia that were builders of sundials and clocks. And um, then there is the church, which is a national monument by Benedetto da Maiano. Oh, we didn't see the church today. No. We'll do that later. Okay. And so, and then in, in the name of Chianti Classico, and my name as well. Little one, but is here. Oh, I, never, I never, I never, I never. Giovanna Stianti Massimo. But if she starts selling, I mean, maybe she'd be Federica. But he's mine. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> and unfortunately for you, from next year, it's going to be not anymore your name, but it's I going know. to be Castello di Volpaia, because okay, we, we became a, a società. Yes, I mean, so between the three of us. Of ding, 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 ding. So you better start saving those bottles with your name. Exactly. It will become collectible. Exactly, very, very rare. Yes. So this is, you know, of course, this is your signature wine, right? Exactly. So. How many bottles do you produce? Well, about these wines, something like uh, 100,000 bottles. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Chianti Classico Reserva, where we concentrate more because it's one, this is 90% Sangiovese and 10% Merlot. Mm -hmm. Rather than Reserva, it's 100 Sangiovese. We immediately concentrate on the idea that Sangiovese was the right grape. Remember that when we arrived here, there was also the white grapes in Chianti. Yes, so, I remember. They're it, like right. the French, the Rhone. They, you yeah. can blend in the white exactly, grapes. Exactly, exactly. And so then they changed it, finally, the law, but we immediately understood that the white grapes would not be the right grape for this area, especially at that time mm -hmm. where the climate was not as warm as today. So the white grapes would make the wine even lighter. It's true that people are looking for lighter wine, but we want a good wine, not a light wine. And as long as we don't have a big production, we are very happy to produce just uh, top quality wines. And not for everybody, I'm sorry, but <laughs> to be very good, uh, there must be a, a different uh, approach. 
Italian Wine Podcast, part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp family. So I'm going to, you've touched on a lot of topics right now, right? The fact that uh, you have focused on your Riserva 100% uh, Sangiovese. Because also, when did you start doing that? Reserva, immediately. Yeah, immediately. We immediately concentrate on Reserva. Because now it's very trendy, you yes. know, to focus on the indigenous grape varieties. Right? Exactly. And also you spoke about the crust of the Volpaia. Yes. What's in there? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, well uh, Volpaia is fox. Uh, right. And on the crest there is uh, fox climbing mountains. Yeah, why is that? What is the origin? We found uh, this piece of stone in, in the village, uh, and we decided it should be the crest of the family that right. was living here. And they were artisans. There were no noble family. Mm-hmm. They were just, as I told you, I mean, builders of sundials and clocks. And uh, without uh, never thinking of this, but my husband is a big collection of clock uh, and sextant and uh, this um, naval uh, instrument, the sestanti eltanti, that uh, as long yeah, as. Yeah, it's it was Greek a to sailor. me, so it could, you could say anything, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't really matter. Okay. I assure you, you okay, come okay. upstairs and I assure you. Okay. And so if you want, again, we found a a certain connection between Volpaia and the hobby of my husband. Oh, okay. All right. But I I didn't see any sundials in the village. No, because they are in museum today. So everything is very... But not even like, you know, I don't know, attached to some building. We we thought to have something more modern. We wanted to do, and then it was too complicated. We Mm -hmm. didn't want to have something very modern and fake. So we never did. But that was one of the projects that were... And so the Riserva, how many uh, bottles do you produce? Around uh, 80,000. And are the, your market principally, your most important market is America? Yes. Uh, I mean, North America and... uh, So Canada and United States. Okay. And what do you know? Maybe I'll say it's something you don't know. I'll just look for in Wine Searcher. Um, Do you know the retail price of your Chianti Classico? In U.S. Yeah, in US. No, yeah. I would love... Uh, because I think it, this is a very good value for such high quality. And I think, I mean, I'm just assuming, but I think the success of your wine is because of that. It's very good quality and it very good value for, right. for, for this quality. I've also noticed that there is a the green label, which means that you're yes. certified organic. Correct. Since, since when? The exact date, I don't remember if it was 2003 or 2004 that we have made all the transition. I'm so surprised you are running this like very successful business (laughs) and you you guys haven't a clue. I mean, it's very romantic. I love it. I love it. I really love it. But the mother and daughter team, you haven't a clue. Well, there is a bit, there is this. Let me do some Wikipedia. Okay. So, so sorry. I'm sorry. It's a joke. I mean, my husband would say the same, but yeah. he would he would not know as we do. But right. he would say, "Well, yes, we started in 2002 in February <laughs> exactly. Very... Then, 
This is very man-like, right? Exactly. They don't understand it, but they're convincing. Exactly, right? exactly. So, so because we were coming from data, we have decided to say always, I think. Yeah. So always we put it before, I think. He was a liar. <laughs> Absolutely. He's, he's no longer here, so we can't say anything about him. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so... Um, so that's a very long time ago. You've been organic for nearly yes. 20 years. Yes, yeah. When it wasn't, it wasn't really fashionable back then, right? Yes. Because organic was like kind of alternative. But now I think it's very fashionable. And especially the younger generation, they're really looking for that organic character in, in a wine. Luckily, became a fashion uh, it's like not because i like fashion but because uh, everybody's following even uh, if you don't know they follow right. uh, so that is the good part because it's something of healthy uh, sometimes it's happened to things that you don't want to uh, to be followed but luckily now everybody's looking for sustainability this is a word that big now is big word yeah it's too much used but for sure it's a concept that we are following in the agriculture, but also conserving the environment of Volpaia. So trying to keep uh, the Volpaia as it is, uh, putting all the wire. If you walk around in Volpaia, you see, you don't see any wire. Mm -hmm. uh, You've like been there. on the trellis? Yes. The um, electricity. Electric oh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Everything is underground. We have placed everything underground to be able uh, to see uh, all uh, the village. Uh, and the landscape, yeah. Yes how it was in the past. So a big work to really keep the environment as it was. So, I mean, being organic means, you know, by definition, you have minimum intervention, mm -hmm. right? But how did, because how did the climate change, has it affected the terroir and, and the winemaking in being organic? It's more difficult, right? Very so, good. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean... Being organic, it's... Uh, you have it's, more challenges. Yes, right? it's much more challenging. It's, everything has to be work in advance. So you have to look and to be in the vineyard uh, almost more than uh, when you are a normal uh, uh, way uh, to grow the grapes. It's because it's like when uh, you don't have to take a medicine. You have to prevent. You have to protect and your, uh, your grapes. Not uh, at the moment that you have the problem, you can have a medicine and uh, fix it, the mm -hmm. problem. So for sure, it's much more complicated. And this uh, type of climb where the humidity forecast uh, is unpredictable, this is uh, it's quite a much more a challenge for the organic uh, producer. But I mean, are there more challenges now than, let's say, 10 years ago? Do you, do you see the climate change influence? Yeah. And how are you addressing those issues? But for sure, even uh, growing the grape, so we work less the soil, uh, we keep much more the grass in the soil to have uh, less uh, working of the water because now it's not that it doesn't rain. It rains all together, like in two days. And so instead of uh, having this open soil that can be worked by the, the water, we prefer to have the grass to be able to have uh, the water that doesn't uh, uh, break the, the soil. This is one example of uh, the, um, the different way that we are working now in the vineyards than in the past. Okay. So the third wine, which wine is that that you bought out? Coltasala. Coltasala. 
Cortez, she looked at me because uh, I'm the only one who was here, almost, uh, when the Coltasala started. What, is, what does it mean, Coltasala, first of It's all. the name of the vineyard okay. and the Which house, the farmhouse, yes. Mm -hmm. So it changed dress uh, several times, uh, but it's the same uh, red things inside, let's say. Because it was, uh, it started as a table wine mm -hmm. because they were not allowed to have a Chianti with 95% uh, Sangiovese. Mm -hmm. We started in 1980 working on a vineyard that was already planted uh, 10 years before, but we grafted with the right clones uh, of Sangiovese. Because at that time, uh, everybody in the 80s or the 70s, everybody were looking for quantity and mm -hmm. not quality. So even the clones were not the, the correct one. And by the chance, we had the, the receptionist of the industry of my father, mm -hmm. who was a grafter during the war. So he was here full time for us. And as you may know, grafting are paid per numbers of grafting they do per day. So Actually, I didn't know that. By now, you know, and yes. you can say. And so everybody are trying to do as many as they can. Oh, okay. As long as he was our worker, he was doing his best. And he didn't need to make 100. Mm -hmm. He could do just 20 in one day, but he, what they were perfect. And do grafting on a 10 years old vineyard is not as easy as a young one. We still do mm -hmm. because everything starts from a American food. So we have all the grapes. Oh, it's the ghost. It's the ghost. It's yes. the ghost, uh, yes. We don't want to miss It was the prison. <laughs> exactly. It's so. the prison war coming to get us. Okay, and but it, it, it is a little different, right? You have some other great... What is the blend? The blend there is 95% Sangiovese, and from the very beginning, 5% of Mammolo, which is a very strange... We would not be able to do 100% Mammolo, but mm -hmm. this touch of Mammolo will make the Sangiovese softer. So, you know, we do have some geeky audience. You know, they're very geeky about the, the grapes and, and the blends. So what, is, what does Mamolo bring to the wine? And why did you say that you couldn't do 100% Mamolo? Because there is no body, really. Okay. There is a, it's a lighter wine. Yes, there is much more. But he has this touch, Mamola is violet in Tuscany. Oh, it's, okay. And so he gives, uh, let's say, a little uh, taste of a violet. Uh, with floral the, notes. Floral, mm -hmm. exactly. And so we still keep these blends in savor. And uh, of course, when they start, we started, it was not organic, uh, but then we turn it to everything, even this vineyard. But it has been always been separate from all the other vineyards. And these are, so as long as the grapes are coming from one single vineyard, if there is hail, you might not find a mm -hmm. make a coltasala because you know that the hail is going just in one spot. It never happened, luckily. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have the, in blind tasting, yes. okay, you have um, coltasala, Yes. And Chianti Classico. What is, what is the, in terms of the tasting notes? And then we'll taste one of the wines, but what is the tasting note um, that you can recognize in blind tasting? Because I know you do blind tasting with the yes. black glasses. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But in a blind tasting, what is something that you can say one is Chianti Classico and the other is Cortasala? 
for sure in the structure of the wine. The Picante Classico has type of the wine and, and our Canti Classico is definitely much lighter compared to the structure that you can find in, uh, in the Cortasala. So that one is uh, the biggest one when, when it goes in the mouth. In the Chianti Classico, we can say much more like uh, red fruits. And when you get in um, in the Cortasala, much more the black fruits, like um, a blackberry or something like this. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. And then the next wine? Yes, the Balifico is the one that doesn't follow the rules of the Chianti Classico, we can say, mm -hmm. because it's uh, 65% of Sangiovese and a 35% of Cabernet Sauvignon, so it's very different and for sure. It's so it's, it's your super Tuscan, let's say. Definitely, yes. There is no black rooster. Yes. Yeah. And another thing that at the beginning uh, we forgot to mention. He's the coming. Ghost, the ghost is coming they, because they want to say that we are in the Radda area, that okay. it's very important to say it's not Radda only Chianti Classico, you know, now it's more and more the concentration of, of each single subzone of the Chianti Classico, mm -hmm. and so Volpaia is in the heart of, uh, of Rad and Chianti. That is the heart of the Chianti Classico. But really, the, the Lega heart del of the Chianti, heart. Yes. <laughs> the Lega del Chianti started in Radda, so it's not a story that we invented in the 21st century. Are you sure it wasn't your husband who invented it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> not, <sure>. it's not. <laughs> Okay, and um, what about so the the Cotta Sala and and the last one Balifico. Balifico. I keep on forgetting. What are what are the volumes in terms of production of these bottles? Quite small because uh, they're both single vineyard ones. Yes, right. it's it's so. around eight thousand bottles. Right, so it's significantly smaller. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali Academy home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitaliinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong, the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.